0: Um, Again, I'm not going to go through all the kings we've looked at so far, because we've we've looked at quite a few, but I'll put these up each week, just for you to have an idea of the timeline. Uh, The two kingdoms started with Rehoboam and Jeroboam, uh, when the kingdom split after Solomon, Jeroboam taking the northern kingdom of Israel, Rehoboam taking the southern kingdom of Judah, comprising of just two tribes being Judah and Benjamin. Um, we've only looked at one good king so far, all the northern kingdom, all the northern kings of Israel, none of them were good at any time. In fact, we've seen so far they're just getting worse and worse and worse. Each one, you, you know, it says they did more than all of those before them, And then the next one says they did more wicked than those before him. And then the next one is just getting worse. In Israel, there were eight good kings um, out of 20, and we've looked at one so far, and that was Asa, he reigned for 41 years, during his reign, uh, you had a lot going on in the northern kingdom, a lot of, there weren't any lasting dynasties, remember how you just said the Jeroboam, if you obey my word, you will have a kingdom like David's, he didn't. And in the end, um, his son Nadab ends up being killed, but Asher takes the throne. And then um, his son Elah ends up getting killed by his servant Zimri. Zimri reigns for seven days and ends up committing suicide before Omri takes the throne. And then he passes it on to his son Ahab. So during Ahab's reign, we have the prophets Elijah and Elisha um, ministering. Um, And during Ahab's reign, Jehoshaphat takes the throne In the southern kingdom, that's Asa's son. Asa was a good king. Jehoshaphat was a good king. Um, And it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 17 and verse 1, it says, Jehoshaphat, his son... ...reigned in his stead and strengthened himself against Israel. And he placed forces in all the fenced cities of Judah... ...and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim... ...which Asa his father had taken. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David... And sought not unto Baalim, but sought the Lord God of his father, and walked in his commandments, and not after the doings of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand, and all Judah brought to Jehoshaphat presents, and he had riches and honor in abundance. And his heart was lifted up in the ways of the Lord, moreover he took away the high places, and groves out of Judah." Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this day today. We thank you for the testimonies you've heard today, for the way in which you've answered prayer, for the way in which you speak to our hearts. We pray for all of those that are not able to be here today. We've got so many people who are unwell uh, in the church at the moment. We pray for your healing hand to be upon each and every one. There are so many people that are away and we just pray you'd keep them safe today, Lord, as they are on holidays or as they travel. And then, Father, we just pray for those that are gathered in the building today and for those watching online that you would speak to our hearts. We are so encouraged, Lord, when we come to uh, one of the good kings um, of Israel, uh, of Judah. And Lord, we recognize the fact that even though these men were good, there were still areas of their lives... Uh, ...that could have been improved. And Lord, uh, we pray that you would help us. We recognize that we are just a work in progress. We recognize that we are not perfect as believers. Uh, but we just ask that you continue to speak to our hearts. That we may grow in the grace and knowledge of our precious Savior. That we may be more like Him each and every day uh, we walk this walk. So Father, we just ask now that you'd speak to our hearts. Help us, encourage us. Chip away those parts of our lives that don't need to be there. That we might be more like Christ... But we ask it in his precious and wonderful name. Amen. So upon the death of King Asa, his son Jehoshaphat takes the throne. And we see that he too is a good king. He was a godly king. In fact, the the four chapters that we have of Jehoshaphat hardly says a bad word about him. Um, However, um, we see three telling statements about Jehoshaphat. Uh, that we are going to look at, uh, which proves that even though he was a good king, he was still a king of compromise. The three phrases we're going to look at is that he strengthened himself, then he aligned himself, and then he joined himself. We see in compromise the steps that can cause Issues in our lives as believers where we think we're doing the right thing, but what we need to understand is that when we compromise God's word, it's never the right thing. It's, it's never the right time to do the wrong thing. So, first of all, we see that he strengthened himself. It says in verse 1 of chapter 17, and Jehoshaphat, his son, ringed in his stead and strengthened himself against Israel. Now then, here's my question. Who was ruling Israel at this time that Jehoshaphat takes the throne? Ahab. Was Ahab a good king? You know, you talk about Ahab and Jezebel, and what do you think of straight away? You just think of their wickedness, their corruption, their false religion, and Jehoshaphat, realizes that what's going on in the northern kingdom is not right. So it says that he strengthened himself against Israel. Um, How does he do this? Well, he reinforces his cities. He has a a sizable army at his disposal. So he creates these garrison towns. And uh, if you go through Wales, um, we worked it out. And I'm going to ask Eve if she can remember um, how many castles Wales has. uh, uh, Anyway, thanks for that, Eve. Uh, I think it was about 500, was it 300? I thought it was 500 and something. Google it after. Wales has got a lot of castles. And what does that prove? Does it prove that Wales is the perfect um, tourist destination? Um, No, not at all. It proves that those who have conquered Wales over the centuries have set up strongholds. Um, You see it with the Romans. When Rome conquered somewhere, they built up fort towns. You see that in places like Caileon and, um, you know, in some instances, Cardiff. Uh, Anytime there's a Caire in front of somewhere, it means fort. Kyrdys, Kyrnavon, um Cairnavon, Um So we have these fort towns. Uh, when the Normans invaded um, England in 1066, what did they do? They built castles. Uh, I think Caerphilly is a Norman castle. Why do they do that? They do that to not only subdue the town that they've conquered, but then to protect what they have conquered, and then also to protect their supply lines. Uh, one of the things that you saw... During the, the, the first couple of days of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, they were like, oh, Russia's going to march on Kiev, and they're going to take Ukraine, and uh, it's going to be over in days. But what they did is they had such a long supply line that in the end their supplies were so far away from the front line they, they couldn't conquer the city that they were trying to get to. Um, so what Jehoshaphat does, he fortifies the cities. Uh, he builds these cities so that not only is the city protected, but the supply line is protected. So that uh, from the, 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 the furthest ends of his kingdoms, from north to south, um, have got a, a, a good line of protection against their enemies. And he makes sure then that the, uh, the, 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 the storehouses are ready to supply the troops that are stationed there. Uh, And again, uh, Jehoshaphat's strengthening of the kingdom uh, was not just uh, about building up his army, it wasn't about building up militarily, it was about building up spiritually. You know, and Jehoshaphat is, is one of those people who sought the Lord. He sought the Lord God of his father, he walked in his commandments. And as a result of that, walking in the word of the Lord, he wants to instruct people in the word of the Lord. In verse 7, it says, in the third year of his reign, he sent to his princes, even to Beth, all of Obadiah, and to Zechariah, and to Nathaniel, and to Micaiah, and to teach in the cities of Judah. He is sending people through Judah to teach the word of the Lord. If you remember, Israel hasn't... uh, Judah, the southern kingdom, um, the last good king was Jehoshaphat's father, Asa. But up until that point, you know, uh, Rehoboam and Abijah, they weren't good kings. Um, so they'd allowed idol worship to creep into Judah. So what Jehoshaphat is doing now, he's trying to eradicate that simply by teaching people the word of God. He was a king who put the Bible first. Um, you know, we often think today that if we kind of did away with the word, you know, I, I, I've been told um, that, uh, you know, there are certain undertakers in this area that will advise families not to have me to take their funerals. Because I'm too preachy. Um, and I'm okay with that. Um, I, I'm not going to change. Uh, because if we're not preaching the word of God, then what are we doing? You know, we're wasting our time. Uh, And there's a belief that, well, you know, as long as we don't talk about sin, don't talk about hell, don't be judgmental, you know, water down the Bible enough and and people will come in. It's not going to make a blind bit of difference. If we get the church full to the rafters and we don't preach the whole counsel of God, we are wasting our time. It is the Word of God that is quick and powerful. And Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the Power of God unto salvation. You are not going to see people saved by telling them fluffy stories. Uh, I attended church um, my whole childhood, and never heard the gospel. Not till I was twenty-one years of age, when I went to a different church and I heard the gospel for the first time. You had plenty of stories, lots of stories of how we got the bible in welsh and i heard about mary jones and her bible and but i never heard about christ dying on the cross for my sins and the fact that my sins would take me to an eternal hell if we water down the word of god all we're going to do is just make some very comfortable people uncomfortable at the great white throne judgment We don't strengthen the church by abandoning the Word of God. We strengthen the church by preaching the Word of God. That doesn't mean that we're going to fill the church with the rafters, but we'll certainly strengthen it for the day in which we live. Uh, We have a duty to teach and preach the Word of God. Uh, When Jehoshaphat honored the Word of the Lord, he was blessed. The the Bible clearly says that God will bless them uh, that, that bless him and curse them that curse him. The Bible says that those who honor God... He will honor. The Bible says that those who draw closer to the Lord, He draws closer too. Well, if we fail to preach the word of God, we're not drawing closer to the Lord, we're actually pushing people further away because it's His word. You ever get frustrated when people take your words out of context or they twist them? Ah, well, so-and-so said, I never said that. And it frustrates us when we are misrepresented. Misrepresented. How do you think God feels when He is misrepresented by thousands and thousands of people who stand in the pulpit and falsely proclaim a false gospel that is not in God's words? Jehoshaphat was rewarded. Because of his stance upon the word of God. If you look at verse 3, it says the Lord was with Jehoshaphat. If you look at verse 5, it says the Lord established the kingdom in his hand. He had riches and honor in abundance. If you look at verse 10, uh, of 2 Chronicles 17, it says the feet of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the land which were around about Judah. If you look in verse 11, it says Jehoshaphat waxed greatly. Now uh, great exceedingly. That's God's blessings. That's how he was rewarded. Our Christian lives need to be guarded. And we need to recognize that, that sometimes we've got to build a couple of fortresses in our life to protect our hearts. Uh, Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep his heart with all diligence. That word keep there means to keep Above all things, we need to see that our hearts are kept by the word of God. That's why it's important to read our Bibles every day. That's why it's important to have our devotional time with the Lord. That's why it's important to be in church when the doors are open. That's why. So we can keep our heart with all diligence. Why? Because the world and the devil and the flesh will do anything it can to infiltrate our hearts to change it back to what it was before we came to know Christ as our Savior. It's easy for sin to creep in. It doesn't take much. A little, a little compromise here and a little compromise there. It's not much. It's not going to affect anybody else. But even the smallest of compromise can have a massive effect upon our lives. Proverbs 22, 5 says, thorns and snares are in the way of the forward. He doth keep his soul, shall be far from them. Jesus said to us, watch and pray, lest he enter into temptation. Guard your hearts, strengthen yourself, establish yourself. Strengthen yourself against the the wickedness of the world and guard your heart and your life and your quiet time and your prayer time and your church attendance and your eyes and your ears. Guard them. Because the world will do whatever it can to conquer those things in your lives. So Jehoshaphat strengthened himself and then we see a little compromise because he aligned himself. Look at verse uh, chapter 18... And verse 1 and I apologize I got a scripture reference wrong it's verse 12 that Jehoshaphat waxed great exceedingly I said verse 11 it's actually verse 12 sorry Um, chapter 18 and verse 1 he aligned himself he says now Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance and joined affinity with Ahab you're like what are you thinking You've, you've been teaching and preaching the word of God throughout Judah. And, you know, we're not talking about, um, you know, great lengths of time here. Because, um, you know, Jehoshaphat only reigned for 20 odd years. He, he kind of took over the kingdom uh, quite close to the beginning of Ahab's reign. So their reigns overlapped one another. And you're like, surely you've seen what's going on up north. But he joined affinity with Ahab. He found a common cause. He's enjoyed the blessings of the Lord. He's been adamant that he's going to do everything he can to protect his kingdom, from a military standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint. So what possessed him to join with Ahab? The clue is in the word "joined affinity." If you look at that in a, in a, in a concordance, "joined affinity" is actually one word in the Hebrew, and it basically means marriage. Marriage. Jehoshaphat permits his son to marry the daughter of Ahab. You know how difficult is it, um, I, and I, I don't know about. You hear that maybe you have a child that went into a relationship and you thought, oh, Don't make that mistake, don't marry them, don't do it. What are you looking at me like that for, Jan? <laughs> that's 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 rude. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I hurt. I won't call you the dragon ever again. Um, you know, maybe you thought, ah, oh, don't do it, don't... But there's that fine line in there between like losing your relationship with your child, keeping the peace, but doing what's right. And maybe Jehoshaphat didn't want to rock the boat, as it were. So he allows his son to marry Ahab's daughter. Um it was custom at the time. We you know we see that um, all through um, monarchs' reigns. You saw that during, um, you know, the, the reign of Henry VIII. You know, they, uh, they, she, he married Catherine of Aragon not out of love, but because of, you know, a military alliance. And uh, do you remember the story of, of Jacob and Laban, when Jacob kind of runs away from Laban, and Laban finally catches up, and then they say, "Right, we'll, we'll build this pillar as a, as a covenant between us both." That's not because they loved one another. It's because they distrusted one another. So in order, um, and when you think about it, the, the marriage alliance wasn't because of a love between nations. It was because of a distrust between nations. Think about it. Ahab now has a spy in the camp. He doesn't have to spy on Judah. He doesn't have to try and get men to find out what Jehoshaphat is doing. He's got his own daughter right in the middle of ground zero, as it were. He's got his daughter exactly where he needs her to be. He's got a spy right in the camp. Um, and you could say, well, all right, Maybe Jehoshaphat's son did really love um, Ahab's daughter and, you know, love knows no bounds. And if it had ended there, perhaps we could have forgiven Jehoshaphat. But it says um, in verse 2, And after certain years, he went down to Ahab to Samaria, and Ahab killed sheep and oxen for him in abundance and for the people that he had with him, and persuaded him to go up with him to ram off Gilead. Ahab... Puts on this big pomp and, and ceremony when Jehoshaphat comes, makes a big fuss of him, and then persuades him to do something that he shouldn't have done. Maybe we can see the pressure that Jehoshaphat was under. Maybe, you know, Jehoshaphat wanted to impress his son's father-in-law, maybe Jehoshaphat, was, you know, well, again, I, I don't really want to rock the boat. You know, I don't want to upset the kids as they're kind of starting out their life together. Uh, maybe he wants to make a, a good impression and not, um, you know, seem like an old stick in the mud. Why shouldn't they fight together? They're going to go against a common enemy, you know. They've it, kind of found common ground, as it were. And that's sometimes the problem that we find in the world today. The amount of times I've heard people, you know, we are not like that much as a church because of how we stand on the Word of God. Um, And I'm okay with that. Um, Oh, you never get involved with people. I don't get involved with people that I think stand contrary to the Word of God. Yeah, but there's common ground. Yeah, Jehoshaphat found common ground with Ahab. And we're going to see in a little while that, that didn't work out too well. You know, there are we, we, you know, obviously uh, as believers in Christ, we have a certain stand against abortion. Now there's lots of people who would be dead against abortion, but wouldn't have the same beliefs that we have. You know, we have a, a, a stance in, in terms of um, traditional marriage, that marriage is between one man and one woman. Now there are other people and other groups that would take that same exact stand, but they wouldn't have the same view that we have on the Bible, on being a Christian, on the Word of God. So we need to be careful when we align ourselves with certain groups, because that can lead to a compromise. Oh, so you, let, let me ask this question, And, and I, this, I got asked a question one time on the door, "By oh, ah, but the thing is, all of you Christians believe that Jesus was born in December. And I confuse them when I say, "Well, I don't believe he was born in December." But the view is that everybody believes the same thing. You know, when you compromise and align yourself with somebody because of a common ground, people then might say, "Oh, yeah. Well, you believe like they do." Well, no, I don't, because I believe what the Bible says. We agree on this one area. Yeah, but you've aligned with them, so therefore you must believe everything that they believe. And that's why we ought to be careful when it comes to, yeah, but we've got common ground. If the common ground is not based purely upon the Word of God, then it's not common ground. Um, When we share common ground, especially with an unbeliever, then we're going to be walking a dangerous line. Um, You know, Ahab wants to uh, get Jehoshaphat into a coalition. And in verse 3, Uh, It says, Ahab, king of Israel, said unto Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Wilt thou go with me to Ramoth Gilead? And he answered him, This is the killer blow. I am as thou art, and my people as thy people, and we will be with thee in the war. Jehoshaphat was somebody who established, strengthened his nation with the word of God. Ahab was somebody who was so anti God was so anti the word of God. You look at the confrontations we saw um, last week looking at Ahab. And yet Jehoshaphat said, I'm just like you. No, you're not. Yes, you might have had a common enemy, but you were nothing like Ahab. Uh, just to, again, for the sake of time, to quickly go through what chapter 18 says. If you remember, we looked last Time before last, where um, Micaiah comes, Um, you know, this is that period of time when Jehoshaphat and Ahab are going to go to war against Syria. Uh, And then uh, Micaiah comes, and all the yes men say to Ahab, yeah, go and you'll win the battle. And Micaiah comes, and Ahab says, I don't want him to prophesy because I hate him. And and he comes and says, No, things are not going to work out. And anyway, um, they go uh, to to battle. Um, Jehoshaphat escapes by the skin of his teeth. If you remember, um, Ahab kind of um, didn't dress up as the king and he kind of put a target on Jehoshaphat's back. Jehoshaphat escapes by the skin of his teeth. But no sooner does Jehoshaphat arrive home than he has a visit from Jehu. Um, Remember, um, Pastor uh, David Moore saying one time that uh, when he used to go visiting people, sometimes he would knock on the door and people would answer the door and say, why are you here? Have I done something wrong? People automatically assume as soon as the pastor turns up, they've done something wrong. Well, in in Jehoshaphat's case, he has done something wrong. Um, Jehoshaphat returns home and in verse 19, Jehu, the son of Hanai, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, shouldst thou have helped the ungodly? Jesus says to him, Jehoshaphat, what were you thinking? Shouldest thou help the ungodly and, and love them that hate the Lord? That's what happens when we say, Oh, well, we find common ground, uh, and even when you know we call somebody who's unsaved our brother by lining up with them. And a lot of well meaning Christians can get caught up in ministries with people who don't believe what the Bible says, because of common ground. And that's a a grief to the gospel. So we see Jehoshaphat making a compromise. He strengthened himself and then he aligned himself and then he united himself. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 35 And find there. Okay, uh, and after this, did Jehoshaphat, King of Judah, join himself with Ahaziah, king of Israel, who did very wickedly. He joined himself. The question is: how did Jehoshaphat go from strengthening Israel? to have nothing to do with the northern kingdom. He went from strengthening Israel, teaching them the word of God, a little compromise then because they found common ground um, to fight an enemy, where he aligned himself in marriage with his son and his enemy's daughter. And then he goes full on and unites himself. He joins with Ahaziah, king of Israel. Uh, And the thing is, this is true of all of us. Each and every one of us has the potential to compromise in our Christian walk. And we might say, well, it's not much. Jehoshaphat might have said, well, you know, it's for the good of my children. Can I say this to you? Nothing is for the good of your children if the word of God has been withheld from their lives. The best thing we can do for our kids is to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The best thing we can do for our kids is to encourage them to walk in the ways of the Lord and to teach them the things of God. Jehoshaphat just made a a small compromise which led to another compromise which went from him strengthening himself to aligning himself to then fully uniting himself. Ahaziah and Jehoshaphat went into business together. Uh, The word joined Here is the word kabar, and it literally means making a league with someone. Um, It also carries the notion of a fascination of being charmed, in, in particular in the ancient art of knot magic. A magic knot was viewed as a convergence of the forces of earth and the divine. And that is a perfect picture of being unequally yoked, of trying to join something which is earthly and... And, and godly and trying to join it with that which is spiritual Jehoshaphat was charmed into it, he was convinced come and join, join with me join in this business venture how many of you have ever been to a timeshare talk? anybody ever been to a timeshare talk? anybody have a salesman call at the door? nobody ever have a salesman call at the door that you've bought something You know the amount of times (laughs) my mum and dad um, had somebody come to the door one time selling a Kirby vacuum cleaner. Do you know why they bought the Kirby vacuum cleaner? Because he hoovered their bed and they showed them all of this stuff that come off their bed and they were like, oh, we've got to have that vacuum cleaner. Can I say this? It's lasted like... Almost 30 years, the thing is like, never, the thing's going to outlive the Holocaust. It's going to outlive the, 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 the apocalypse. Um, this thing is absolutely indestructible. Thank you, Eve. This thing is absolutely indestructible. But in the 30 years that they've, um, that they've had that, they've never once hoovered their bed. You know, we get caught up sometimes where people sound so convincing like yeah I've got to have that I need that and this is what we see here with Jehoshaphat he makes an alliance uh, with Ahab and then he gets united with Ahaziah and he joins in this uh, alliance Because of what he could possibly get out of it. Can I say this? If God is not in it. God will not. Bless it. Jehoshaphat started so well. Jehoshaphat. Was such that. His kingdom was being blessed. And I think sometimes. When we are. Doing well in our walk with the Lord. Maybe we start to get greedy in some of the things that we want the Lord to do in our lives. Jehoshaphat's adventure with Ahaziah didn't work out well. He joined himself, verse 36, uh, with him to make ships to go to Tarshish and they made the ships in Ezon-Geber and then Eliezer the son of Devonah the the Marashai prophesied against Jehoshaphat saying, because thou hast joined thyself with Ahaziah the Lord hath broken thy works And the ships were broken, and they were not able to go to Tarshish. His enterprise was shipwrecked by an act of God. His ships were sunk in their harbor. The psalmist wrote of it, Thou breakest the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. No matter how plausible something might seem, no matter how good something might seem in our lives, no matter how somebody might sell us something, Oh, you don't need to you don't need to do that. There's a there's a better way of getting the Lord's attention. There's a better way of getting your prayers answered. If it's not biblical or scriptural, then stay away from it. But we want something quick and easy. Say, I remember um a TV program called The Real Hustle. And they always used to end with this phrase If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. You know, sometimes We want a quick fix to our lives. And if that takes us away from the word of God, it's not going to fix anything. It's going to lead to shipwreck. No matter how plausible something might seem, no matter how we justify it to fit into our lives, no matter how it's packaged, don't be unequally yoked. Because it is going to lead to a shipwreck in our lives. It is easy to compromise. It only takes one small step. Jehoshaphat strengthened his kingdom. He wanted the whole nation to know about the word of God. He wanted the whole nation to be taught the word of God. He wanted everybody to be aware of the word of God. And then an opportunity comes along. Instead of fighting against Israel, he strengthened himself against Israel... But instead of fighting against them, why not join up with them? So he aligned himself in marriage. And then he's already in. So once I'm in, I may as well go whole hog. I may as well go both feet. He strengthened himself against them. He aligned himself with them. And before he knew it, he was so united that you couldn't tell the one apart from the other. We are not meant to be aligned with the world or united with the world. We are meant to be strengthened against the world. Why? Because it goes in complete opposition to everything that the Bible teaches us. Everything that the Lord tells us. But there's a common ground. It doesn't matter that there's a common ground. if if the Lord has told us not to do something, don't do it. Yeah, but this will keep the peace. But what's better? A peace with somebody who's unsaved, a peace with a group that doesn't like you anyway, or a peace that comes from God which passes understanding. We're not meant to be aligned or united with the world. We're meant to be strengthened against it. And we're meant to take a stand. This world is not a pleasant place to live in. It's a difficult place to live in. But we can take that stand when we need to take it. Because we can strengthen ourselves. Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Father, we thank you again for this day and for this time together and for this opportunity to come around to your word. We just pray, Lord, that you would help us uh, as we try and strengthen ourselves against various Attacks that come our way, Lord, Uh, we recognize how wicked this world is, we recognize how dangerous this world is, we recognize, Lord, how easy it is to compromise our faith for peace in the workplace or for peace uh, with family or friends. But Lord, we're not here to make peace with the world, we're here to preach Christ and to tell the world that they are in a dangerous situation headed for a Christless hell. But that Christ died for this world and that loved them so much that he gave his life for them. So Lord, help us to be strengthened in these endeavors, Lord. Help us to stand firm. Help us to heed the advice of the Lord Jesus Christ to watch and pray. And help us to be listening to that still small voice. Lord, all we want to do is honor you. And if we honor you, the Bible is clear that you in turn will indeed honour us. Father, we love you and praise you, and we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand and sing our last hymn together.